Hi, folks. Welcome to episode 66 of the Wealth on Any Income podcast. This is where we talk about money tips, techniques, attitudes, information, and provide inspiration. I'm your host, Rennie Gabriel. In past episodes, we spoke about how to build an income and expense report, how to measure the level of pleasure based on where you spend your money, how to track your money in five to 10 seconds, and what to look for on a net worth statement to see how close you are to complete financial choice. Last week, we had Blair Dunkley, who spoke about how mindset is not what will support you to succeed. Blair can profile you and discover how you think from just a few short sentences. Today, we have as our guest, Jay Fissette. Jay is a joint ventures mentor, global speaker, and high-ticket sales expert with a unique perspective on business growth that mixes people, fun, and profit. Jay is also a best-selling author and a student of human nature and the founder of JVology. He is a member of ClickFunnels 2 Comma Club. I love that. I can figure out what that means. And has built multiple seven-figure businesses and is creating a groundbreaking business relationship building platform driven by artificial intelligence. Jay, welcome to the Wealth on Any Income podcast. Thank you so much for having me. This is going to be fun. Uh, and, and I want to go back and listen to your previous, your, your last week's uh, interview, because that sounds totally fascinating. Yes, it is. Blair actually said, Rennie, tell me a little bit about your background. I gave him like a couple sentences and he said, here's what I hear, how you think based on what you said. And it was like, spot on. Awesome. It was amazing to me. Anyway, yeah, so that'll be a fun one. Um, anyway, so yeah, you founded JVology, but tell me more about what that is. Well, JVology is fundamentally an entrepreneurial community where we come together to do the fundamentals of, of business building, um, but primarily through relationships, where we build relationships with people who uh, fundamentally work with our ideal clients. And uh, we teach a proprietary method, which we call upstream downstream, which is an interesting way of saying our best partners who send us clients are those that cause, reveal, or diagnose the problems that we solve. Um, and then we send our clients on to other entrepreneurs who solve the problems that we create when we roll out our particular uh, solution. And in that process, what we're really working on doing is number one, creating a distribution network for our products, services, and experiences with great people that we love working with in terms of our partners and doing a better job of solving our clients' problems, not just the thing we do in terms of being a service provider, but becoming a trusted advisor that helps see them more holistically through their you know, life journey in terms of what it is they're trying to create. And uh, you know, we, our catchphrase is JVology, the perfect mix of people, fun, and profit in that order always. Um, and I'm really blessed to, to be, you know, a, a member and a leader of a community of, you know, about a thousand people who come together, serving and supporting one another, creating these types of joint ventures. Yeah. Now, now all you need to do is uh, have it uh, be an alliteration with fun, profit, and whatever. <laughs> I'll work on it. Yeah. Yeah. All <laughs> in due time. So now, uh, as you know, I donate 100% of the profits from the work I do to a charity called Shelter to Soldier. Yeah. And so it's important that my guests contribute to a charity as well. 
And uh, tell me what your favorite charity or cause is. My favorite charity by miles is a little organization that isn't so little anymore called Kiva. Yes. And Kiva puts money in the hands of entrepreneurs all over God's green earth. And in fact, recently has even started uh, in the developed world in terms of uh, mm. the United States and Canada and those sorts of things, which is kind of interesting to me. Um, I was most attracted to them because what they allow us to do is online, go online and actually select the people, the person, the group, the country, the industry, the area that we want to support. And, and I sort of have a soft spot. Uh, I fund almost exclusively uh, groups of women, third world countries in education and um, agriculture. And uh, to me, it's putting money in the hands of the people that have the, the greatest power to do the most, the most good. And um, I've been, I, I don't know what I am, I'm something like in the 99th percentile of the number of loans that have been given by anybody in that organization, those sorts of things. Uh, I'm just a fervent, fervent, fervent believer in let's get money in the hands of people who can make the most difference. And Kiva is, frankly, I think one of the best on planet Earth for that. Yeah, and uh, I'm very familiar with them. My wife has been contributing to them for a long time, and it's amazing what a loan that they get from Kiva of twenty-five or fifty dollars can yeah. do in an undeveloped or underdeveloped country. It's it's just mind-boggling. They can open their own store. Yes. Yeah. Well, you know what? What's funny is. Uh... When my my oldest, so he's 16 now. So when he was like three, that's how long we've been doing this. We'd be sitting around and he'd say, hey, dad, let's go buy someone a chicken. <laughs> because, because yeah. You know, you can, you can somebody's starting a chicken farm. Somebody's trying to buy a goat. Somebody's trying to buy a. Buy yeah. A and, and so he would help me select those things. And then every once in a while, I'd be like, let's go buy somebody a chicken. <laughs> I love it. It's fabulous. Well, now let me ask you, you know, getting to, to business, who do you, who would you say are your target markets? Market, well, you know that, markets, that's people. A, yeah. I mean, the short version is this. They're entrepreneurs who are in the space of understanding that their best long-term way of scaling business and growing their leads is through building relationships with other entrepreneurs. And just to be clear about this, not everybody gets that. So it's not necessarily related to a stage of business. It is probably more related to a stage of consciousness or evolution that says, you know what? Um, collaboration is probably the best way in which I can serve my clients better when I can make my entrepreneurial journey better. And I can create a what, what I sometimes call an entrepreneurial safety network of people that I care about, that I want to work with, that are doing good work in the world. And uh, so it's, it's usually those folks that are like, you know what, even if I knocked it out of the park with Facebook ads, that's probably not the most fulfilling method for me. I want to do it with people that um, are up to good work in the world. And that's really our profile. Um, years ago, I would have told you that they were, you know, low, mid six uh, figure earners trying to get to seven. Uh, and I'm not sure, I, I, I genuinely don't know, Renny, if, th if this is part of COVID or if it's just the natural evolution of entrepreneurship and digital marketing. But the truth of the matter is that we have an inordinate number of people who are just starting out, who, even though their business may not be, you know, knocking out of the park yet or working yet, um, they're clear about who and how they want to grow their business. So, you know, recently we started doing more work on helping people with the foundations of business, not mm -hmm. just the relationships with great partners. I, I get it. And it's it's interesting, you know, getting back to what you were talking about at the two comma club. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in a hundred thousand, there's one comma. In a million, there's two commas. I just thought that was very clever. And so you're not limited to working with others in the two comma club. 
Oh, Lord, no. Lord, no. They, and just to be clear about it, and, and what the Two Comic Club Award is, is it's a funnel, and it's, it's created and sponsored by ClickFunnels, um, which is a tool we use. I'm a big fan of it. Pretty spectacular, honestly. Uh, but it's one funnel that generates uh, over a million dollars. Now, it's funny because, you know, truly, I qualified for the club before the club existed. Uh, and I was always under the impression that the, that the, that the Two Comic Club was that the, the, the funnel had to do that in a year. I thought it was an mm. annual thing. And I find out afterwards, it's like, no, it's like cumulative. And it's like, well, then I guess we're in a different club. But that's that's a whole other thing altogether. But yes, that, that's a Russell Brunson-ism, uh, the Two Comma Club. And I, I yeah. think he did it quite brilliantly. Yeah. Well, now that we've talked about the success, let's talk about what you would define as your biggest failure, whether it's personal oh, or business. Man, you have no... This podcast could go on for seven days if we're going to talk about <laughs> failures. Like, just to be clear about this, like, there is no shortage of that long list. And and thinking we only have a fifteen yes. to twenty minute broadcast. Yes. Yes, I, I'll give you the, the chapter. I I think perhaps, and this I and and I'm going to measure it not by you know dollars or any of those sorts of things, but the thing that taxed me the most, and and the thing that taxed me the most was 15 years ago. I guess why it was. So it'd be called 18 years ago. 18 years ago, I was introduced to a gentleman who was running a trading fund who had these spectacular returns. You know, it's mm. interesting in terms of talking about you know wealth. Yeah. And uh, and in a very short order of time is that I became semi-retired in terms of the returns on this. It was so spectacular. I ended up uh, putting a second mortgage on a building of mine and putting money mm. in. It was so spectacular. I felt guilty making all of this money with my friends and family still struggling. Mm-hmm. So I ultimately uh, talked to some of those folks and we're in year two or year three of this process. It's like, look, if you want to put some money in, in my name, cause it was full, it was a private, uh, it was a private mm. fund that wasn't, put, so if you want to put some money in behind my name, you can do so. So I did my mom, my sister, a bunch of my staff, a bunch of my dear friends and uh, it <clears throat> accumulates. And so my money, I've got about a million bucks of all my liquid capital in it. Um, I've got a, probably another quarter million dollars of my friends, family and loved ones money. And uh, I get the call that uh, the gentleman who was running the fund is dead. Oh, oh, so it wasn't Bernie Madoff. Okay. Oh, no, it was Bernie's brother. <laughs> but what's, what's different in this particular circumstance is that it turned out to be a Ponzi scheme that was at one point in time legitimate. So he was a trader. He made some mistakes. And then he lied because he was afraid people would take all their money out. And yep. lie begot lie. And ultimately, it ended with him killing himself, hanging himself in his furnace room while his wife was at the grocery store and his daughter slept upstairs. So it wasn't he ran off with a suitcase full of money and a short skirt. Um, he took his own life over it. And, and I mean, good God, it was, it was only money. But losing every red cent I had on planet Earth uh, when I thought that I was uh, financially free and all those things was one of the greatest experiences of my life. I ultimately wrote my best-selling book, Reframe Your Blame, How to Be Personally Accountable, mm. because I had a little bit of blame going on, as you might imagine, in that yeah. circumstance. Oh, yeah. Um, and that book and the outcome of that book and courses and programs, those sorts of things, in the three years afterwards, made me about $4.5 million. Mm. So it, it turned out just fine and, in fact, spectacular in terms of a personal lesson. But I'll tell you what, when, when that first occurred, I had, I had worked like 16, 18 hours a day for 15 years to create that little nest egg, and it was gone. And I remember saying to my wife, it's like, Hun, I, I don't have it in me to do that again. Like, I don't know what we're going to do. And I don't know how we're going to cope with this because I can't keep doing that. Um, and, and that was a very difficult, probably four to six months of uh, 
pain, anguish, resetting, trying to navigate our way through and learn the lesson. But, uh, but writing that book and, and contextually, which by the way, I didn't write the book for any commercial su- success. I wrote the book for my personal therapy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that was like figuring out what the hell was going on. Uh, and then it turned out that the book was actually pretty good and it did pretty well. <laughs> it, it's funny how that can happen. My book, Wealth on Any Income, I wrote so that people would have all the answers that I was always asked in my workshops for 10 years yeah. and they'd have it in a book. They'd have everything in a book and then they could leave me alone. <laughs> it didn't work out so well, did it? <laughs> I didn't realize that's not how it works. <laughs> But so now I'm going to guess you had some insights as a result of that. And I don't know if it was your book or the therapy or that you can pull it all together, but what would you say was the biggest insight from, from that? I I think there's an awful lot of them. I'll I'll start with the first one is, and and this, this still entertains the living, you know, what out of me, uh, which is wealth is a state of mind. Mm -hmm. Because we quite literally were semi-retired for three and a half years doing what we wanted, when we wanted, how we wanted, ordering from the expensive side of the menu, never having a second thought about money or any of those sorts of things because it was all taken care of. And that three and a half years was a lie. Yeah. It wasn't based on fact. Although our experience, honest to goodness, was spectacular. So it really landed for me is that this idea of, of wealth starts first with a state of mind. It is not living in scarcity. It is it, like it's this whole piece of... I, I can create and it's going to be okay and it's going to be there. So, so that was, that took some reckoning, honestly. It's like, yeah. how on earth did I have the, the, the greatest experience of abundance in my life when the truth is I didn't have any, like, like that, that was a great lesson. So that would be number one. I, I think number two is this, is that nobody cares as much about your money as you do, even if you don't care. Yeah. And, and that whole fundamental piece of, of in that circumstance, I, I think I abdicated my, my book, Reframe Your Blame, How to Be Personally Accountable. I think I abdicated both accountability and responsibility. And I define those two things as different. And it, it was very, very clear to me that I needed to step up my game and actually engage in what it actually takes to become wealthy. And, and truthfully, I have never made a ton of money. Like in, in the scope of the world, I have never made a ton of money. What I've been pretty diligent at is making a little money and buying an asset making a little money and buying an asset, making a little money and buying an asset, making a little money and buying an asset. And, and I've been pretty religious in that process. And in that process, it's just like, I really need to step up my willingness to plan, to participate, to educate, to uh, say, this is my damn money and I better take care of it. Um, and I better put it to work that I'm aligned with. And I think that that was, that was you know, if we have added those two things together, those are probably the two biggest lessons. And one of them that you said is make a little money, buy an asset, make some more money, buy an asset. I don't know that I could emphasize that enough because I ended up building a multi-million dollar net worth starting with an $18,000 investment. Mm-hmm. Yep. That was everything I was able to save in three years after my second divorce. Yep. And at $5,000 a month, $500 a month was saved, that 18000 I converted into millions of dollars because of saving a little money, buy an asset, yeah. make some more money, buy another asset. So, and, and it's, I was on a panel once with, with a bunch of financial people, all of whom had what, what I would deem to be complex and lofty advice. 
Oh yeah. And uh, puts me to sleep. Go ahead. So they're like, so how did how did you get where you are? Like, well, you know, basically, here's what it boiled down to: is that number one, I made a very strategic investment in a commercial property that I oriented my business, my life, and my world around, and that created, you know, I wasn't paying for houses and all that shit when I was young. So that was number one. But then after that, it was as simple as this is every year or so I wanted to buy a house. So I went and did that. And also every year or so I wanted to buy a collector's car. And every year or so I wanted to put some money to work in a private mortgage or in something else. And, and so that's what I did. And, and everyone's like, well, that's not a plan. Well, actually it is. <laughs> so every year I bought a house. Every year I invested in a collector's car. Every year I bought some gold or some silver, or I loaned some money on in a uh, in a private mortgage. Yeah, that's, that's what it was, and, and it's not so complex. And then when you're after 25 years, not so bad. Like, like that's it, it doesn't need to be any more complex than that. But anyway, I I was kind of uh, poo pooed at the oh you, you that that make yeah. some money buy an asset. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it, it it almost sounds like if you and I were having a conversation and I showed you my business card, which says CLU, CFP, BFD. What's BFD? A uh, big freaking deal. <laughs> I like it. That's so, awesome. yeah. So, yeah, Jay, you and I would have a lot of fun. Now, now I'm going to guess because of this conversation, I, I've known you for years. I, I love your approach to things. And anyone listening to this podcast will want to be, will want to get in touch with you. And what I want to know is if there's some valuable free resource or how do they get in touch with you to learn more or join JVology, get on your email list, whatever. Well, you know, I, given the topic of, of this podcast and, and being money, and I don't know how many are sort of um, employees versus uh, have their own business or have a side hustle or those sort of things. Do you have any sort of sense of that, Renny, in terms of what, what, who's listening? Oh, yeah, I would say mm, 5%, 10% maybe are employees. The rest are all business owners, entrepreneurs, coaches, <laughs> authors, <laughs> corporate trainers, folks like that. People awesome. who have control over their income. Beautiful. Okay, so here's, here's the gift that I want to give. Uh, and, and this is a uh, training of mine, and it's a mini training. It's not going to take you hours to do, just to be clear about this. There's about a 15-minute um, foundational training. Then there's uh, five little videos that are going to have you do an assessment, and then it's going to map out what, what would make the most sense for you. And uh, the gift is called the Escape the Marginal Success Trap. And what I want to just be clear about is the Escape the Marginal Success Trap and is, well, every time I go through it, I hear people say, why doesn't everybody know this? Why haven't I been taught this before? That's exactly where I am. And, and most of the time, it's an entrepreneur that has created a business that works well enough that they can't quit it, meaning that they've got receivables, they've got clients, they've got a system that's working, they've got a, a machine that actually they can't leave for all intents and purposes. But it's not working well enough for them to have the health care that they want, for them to live in the house that they want, drive the car that they want, uh, go on the holidays they want, send the kid to the private school that they want, to have the freedom that they darn well want, desire, and deserve when they launch their business. So there's uh, several stages in the process, and we'll just outline this context of our inputs into our business that we make, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, financially, the outputs that we take out of our business and how those lines interact and what must be done. 
and just how often folks get stuck in this marginal success trap. It's working, but not really. Um, and what we need to do about it. So it will teach the concept. You'll place yourself in it and you'll get a roadmap of what you should really be doing about it to get to this spot of freedom, which you just talked about in the earlier piece of you know, looking at your net worth statement and figuring out what is actually necessary to get to freedom. So we're going to look at that as a different process, including helping people pick a date and a strategy by which they can get there. That sounds, sounds fabulous. So I'm going to ask you to send that link to me by email so I can have it in the show notes. And so that's going to be the escape marginal success trap. You betcha. And let's see. Well, we're pretty much out of time, Jay. And I want to thank you for being on the show. My absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. You betcha. And to my listeners, thank you for tuning in. You can listen to the Wealth on Any Income podcast on your favorite platform. And please rate, review, and subscribe. And if you'd like to know more about how books, movies, and society programs you to be poor and what the cure is, then log on to wealthonanyincome.com forward slash TEDx. You'll hear my TEDx talk and can request a free 27-page roadmap to complete financial choice and receive a weekly email with tips, techniques, or inspiration around your business or your money. Again, that's wealthonanyincome.com forward slash TEDx. Next week, we're going to have Jesse Bresendine, who'll talk about creating cohesive- He's a good guy, by the way. I, I was in a mastermind with him last year. He's brilliant. Oh, I love Jesse happens to be my one and only coaching client. Wow. Anyway, cool. he's going to be talking about creating cohesive teams within large corporations so everyone is working toward the same goals. I really enjoyed Jesse, which is why I have one coaching client. <laughs> Until next week, everyone, be prosperous. Bye-bye for now.